Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Mike Finner. Mike, are you ready to do this? Yeah, George, I am. I'm looking forward to it. Well, excited to have you on. Let's go. Mike is the VP of Electric Vehicle Fleet Customer Success and EV of Product Management with Proterra Inc. They're the leader in design and manufacturing of zero emission electric vehicles, electric transit vehicles. He's working on the future of public transportation. And Mike and I went to college together. So we go way, way, way back. Sir. Mike, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. All right. Well, starting out with personal life, uh, I live in Greenville, South Carolina, which is up in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a really pretty area of South Carolina. And I have to say, when we first moved here, we moved with the company. I've been with, with Proterra for a long time. And I ended up in Greenville because Proterra moved to Greenville. So I followed them here. And I have to say, when uh, we originally thought about coming here or, or originally heard the company was coming here, I wasn't so sure if that was going to be the place for me, having grown up in the Midwest in Minnesota. But I tell you what, we came here, uh, uh, Megan and I and my wife, and we really, really enjoyed it ever since. It's a, it's a fantastic place to live. So Megan and I have two girls, two daughters. Um, Della is seven and Eileen is 10. And uh, they are spirited uh, young ladies, uh, a lot of fun. So we do uh, a lot of uh, you know, hiking, camping in the area. There's, there's a ton of stuff to see and do and in Greenville, geographic differences. You can go to the coast, you can go to the mountains, you can go to the lakes. So we do a lot of that kind of stuff um, and it's really enjoyable. So that's personal life. Uh, work life, I'm, uh, as you said, a VP of customer success for Proterra. And uh, kind of fun story, I'm actually the number one tenured, longest tenured employee at Proterra now. Wow. Our founder retired at the end of last year, and that made me the number one longest serving employee here. So I've seen it all, seen all the ups and downs, uh, but it's really been a pretty neat experience as we've uh, you know, really we've changed an entire industry uh, during the time that I've been here. We've changed uh, the transit industry in the U.S. So it's pretty neat. That is. So has has it always been EV? Proterra, yes. Proterra started out with uh, a grant. It's actually one of the success stories of uh, the Federal Transportation Administration. They periodically provide grants to startup companies who are doing something neat something that they think might be valuable for uh, transportation. And so we started out life with a very small grant from the FTA to build the bus of the future. That was uh, literally what the grant was for. And uh, we started out doing fuel cell buses. It's always been zero emissions, I guess is the best way to say. We started out doing fuel cell uh, buses, uh, and then we transitioned as kind of technology developed and it became apparent that Battery, pure battery electric buses were going to be you know, one one good way to go. We transitioned to that. So I've been working on EVs for uh, the entire time I've worked here, 13 years. So 13 years working on the future of 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 buses, the bus of the future. Um, who else was working on? I mean, that sounds like a long time ago. You know, 13 years goes by. You know, it's all very relative. Um, like how long has Tesla been a company? About the same amount of time, actually. We we oftentimes are compared to Tesla or called the Tesla of the bus industry, uh, specifically because of that. We really started out doing what we're doing about the same time 
uh, is Tesla. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, quite a bit of our tech, now we do our own batteries, which is unique in the industry. We make our own batteries. And uh, quite a few of the folks that design our batteries and build our batteries actually have uh, some Tesla history. They've, they've spent time there. They worked on some of the earliest vehicles and batteries at, at uh, Tesla, and they've brought that technology over to uh, the heavy duty transit bus business and beyond. We have another uh, group. I work for Proterra Powered, or, sorry, excuse me, Proterra Transit. We have another group called Proterra Powered uh, that uh, sells our batteries to other heavy duty, medium duty uh, vehicle OEMs. So things like over the road trucks, delivery vehicles, construction equipment, things like that. Nice. And you are the, these buses are in cities all over America. We've got about 135, you know, depending on the day, maybe more than that by now, 135 customers all over uh, North America, the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we've got, oh, I don't know, probably 1,100 buses on the road now. Um, we are uh, delivering buses to, to places as far south as Miami. We're, we're uh, finishing up a 75-bus order right now to Miami, and we also have buses in Edmonton, Alberta, which, you know, it's uh, coming up on Christmas right now. And I'm pretty sure that's the North Pole. That is a long ways up there. <laughs> yeah, so we've got buses all over. And then uh, we've got buses in Hawaii and we've got buses um, in not quite every state, uh, but awfully darn close now. And what was the what what were the challenges and what are still the challenges of doing that? Imagine it was probably hard to get the first one. Somebody needed to be the early adopter and say, "Yep, we're going to do this." Um, but challenges that are unique to a bus versus a car. Well, I think that's probably one of the things that I'm that I'm enjoy most and I'm most proud of uh, at my time here at Proterra. So I was the project manager for the first three heavy-duty on-route charge uh, uh, transit buses in the world, uh, we think, right? Uh, and then that was in 2010. We deployed those. And at, at, at that time, it was a matter of the, the engineering technology. And that's what was exciting was the engineering technology. And, of course, we have, had to have a customer at that time that was willing to take an awfully big leap of faith on that. And over the years, we've certainly had a lot of customers that have been, you know, with us step by step, taking that leap of faith. Um, and we're pretty well through that now. So one of the things that's really neat, you know, we, I've gotten a chance to see over these 13 years how an industry changes and what has to happen. You know, the work we have to do to help uh, make sure that we're fostering continued growth. So it started out as the engineering challenge. It was the bus, making a bus that was legitimate and and uh, getting people to to agree that it was uh, capable of doing what they needed, you know, uh, pr providing uh, their uh, riders with the service that they expected. That was the first challenge. And that took a number of years. Uh, we're actually on our fifth generation bus already, which is quite, uh, you know, quite speedy uh, product development in the transit industry, certainly. Um, but that would transition to other challenges, right? Each year, each step of growth resulted in different challenges. For example, uh, it became evident quite quickly that uh, the charging infrastructure was the next thing. And so, you know, now it's getting more and more prevalent. Like you drive around and see a lot of car chargers, Tesla superchargers. They're, they're, you know, they're quite obvious now, quite evident and numerous. 
that hasn't been the case. That's all come up in just the last couple years. So if you think back 13 years, 10 years, eight years, there was very little. And the technology was, was very immature, unreliable. So that was something you, as a startup, this is kind of, kind of a neat thing. You get to say, well, I guess that's the next problem we have to solve. Uh, so we started getting into uh, the charging and infrastructure to help our customers make sure uh, that they would have chargers ready when the buses showed up. Obviously, if you don't have one, uh, the other one doesn't work. So that was the next challenge. And then we got into things uh, that we generally kind of refer to as like the ecosystem now. There's actually a lot of things that have to uh, have to be done, have to take place, questions that have to get answered knowledge that has to get get transferred for a, a particular customer uh, to be successful to have a, a successful electric bus deployment so i was able to create the the job i have now the group i have now we call it customer success that's not just a bs job the reason we call it that is because a lot of times we're dealing with customers who have never done this before and so it's our job to kind of help them have a successful deployment when they they, they don't know what they don't know right so we have to help uh, answer questions for them. They maybe don't know that they need to ask. So uh, we think of it as kind of a three-legged stool, the ecosystem. You have the vehicle, which has gotten to be easy, so to speak. You know, uh, that, that's maybe a little bit generous, but the, uh, it's really not a challenge at, at this point anymore. Then you have the charging infrastructure, second leg. That's still a challenge, although it's much, much better than it was. Uh, we're getting gotten pretty good at that and a lot of other folks have gotten good at that too the technology has has kind of uh, developed to the point where that's that's uh, reasonable to get done then you have the third leg which we think of as kind of uh, broadly other things like for example you need to have data and you need to be able to turn that data into information so you need a system to manage that you need to train your workforce that's been uh, something that i've gotten more involved in recently I'm responsible now for uh, the training uh, group within Proterra, where we train both our internal folks and uh, importantly, our customers to make sure that their operators are comfortable, their maintenance technicians are comfortable. This is new technology to them, right? So um, that's kind of the third leg of the stool. And if you don't have any one of them, you know, won't, won't likely be uh, terribly successful. So our job uh, is to make sure that it is successful and provide all those uh, various different elements and you could sort of t tie my rambling answer back to the to the original question you know what i'm really excited about uh, and, and most proud about is we've been able to build those things over time see the next challenge and go tackle the next challenge yeah well congratulations i think it's super exciting and interesting right like now the bus that you know that's that's probably the easiest thing that we're doing is actually we built the electric bus and it works the charging infrastructure i've got questions about that but yeah the operation and the the maintenance of it what a huge challenge that is you have to have different tools and and everything else and then you have these really really highly skilled mechanics who need to get now really highly skilled in a whole different thing so that's i mean that's no small feat that's right huh nice yeah. Now they're they're using a laptop much more than they they're using you know their hand tools got it it's fascinating as you are um should should we consumers just regular regular people out here mike should we expect <laughs> universal charging stations or are we just going to see um tesla charging charging stations proterra charging stations uh xyz charging yeah. stations 
No, you, uh, it's kind of a success story of heavy-duty transit, actually. So we started out, I'll give you another long rambling answer, hopefully not too long. But we started out, you know, 13 years ago, like when I was deploying those first three buses, there was absolutely nothing from a charging standpoint. So we had to create all of it. It was all proprietary, nothing else existed. And those are still, by the way, operating. They're still working just fine in a number of locations. But it was pretty obvious that that wasn't going to be a good long-term solution. Having proprietary charging is not a good long-term solution that promotes the you know, the expansion of the technology. So we were actually at the forefront of pushing the industry, the heavy-duty industry, towards standardized charging. So and that's really worked out quite well. You, we can plug into any charger now uh, with a high degree of confidence. There's SAE standards. The ones like you see around um, with a high degree of confidence that, that uh, our bus will work and the charger will work. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it's not uncommon for us to drive our buses. Uh, if it's close enough uh, to drive from the manufacturing plant, we have two either uh, here in Greenville or in LA uh, to drive it to the customer site. And sometimes we're on the edge of range and we'll stop at a, for example, an Electrify America charge station in the Walmart parking lot and you know block all the chargers maybe for an hour, but um, they work great. So universal charging is what you're going to see. Is a short answer. Was that was that an obvious decision, or was it? You know what? Let's just make it so we're the only ones that you kind of corner the market, sort of a deal. I, I think it's uh, it would be short sighted to think that you could do that, given yeah. you know, that EVs are going to take over. They just are. It's just a matter of when. Uh, I would argue it's going to happen pretty darn quickly. Uh, if you ever ever have a chance to drive an EV or experience an EV, whether it's an automobile or something larger like a bus, they're just better. They're just better in so many different ways. Now, do they meet every single need that a internal combustion you know, engine can? No, they don't. Not yet. Uh, but they meet an awfully high uh, percentage, you know, 80%, 90% of the duty cycle requirements. So they're just better. So um, they're, they're going to be uh, near ubiquitous very soon. And in order for that to happen, you need to have standardized charging just for it to work. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, Tesla did it similar to us. There nothing existed when they started. And so that was, uh, you know, a lot of what they did to help spur the growth of their company. They, they built their own because nothing else existed. And they've stuck with that. But you've also seen them start to kind of open up a little bit. Uh, you can buy adapters that are that, that make your Tesla easily work with standardized charging and vice versa. So they're starting to kind of open up a little bit on that, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. And in terms of, um, so I, I believe that you're able to, to um, I'm going to use the term retrofit, whether it's correct or not, to retrofit a, a, a regular bus into an electric bus. And I, I'm curious to know that. And also... Uh, instead of just having all these charging stations be independent sort of one-offs, why don't we see them at gas stations? Are gas stations resistant to that? Wouldn't that make sense? Uh, retrofits, I'll answer that one first. We, there are some, uh, you might call them competitors of ours doing that. Uh, you know, they have a traditional diesel bus and they sell both diesel buses or maybe CNG, compressed natural gas, and uh, electric buses. And so their challenge is to convert between the two, right, and, and sort of make them powertrain agnostic. 
we think that's uh, maybe not the best way to, to develop an electric vehicle. So our bus was designed from the ground up to be an EV. And that allows us to do, to make some design decisions that we think are pretty important uh, to the functionality and overall uh, you know, overall ability for that vehicle to work well and work, work ideally as an EV. So retrofits are, are you know, maybe one short-term interim step that could help some folks, but probably not the long-term way to do it. Uh, that's our stance anyway. Um, uh, and then gas stations, I'll tell you, we just, a new gas station just went up uh, just down the road from us. And I thought, oh, it's brand new. Surely they're going to have a couple chargers in the corner, but they don't. <laughs> Not yet anyways. And I have to say, I'm really surprised. Um, if I was building a gas station today, I would definitely, definitely want to include that as an option. And there, there are plenty of gas stations that do have that. You, you'll see a dollars per gallon and you know maybe a dollars per kilowatt hour for their mm. chargers right that that certainly does exist and the the uh, charge rates are getting to the point where uh they're pretty darn fast so you can pull into a gas station and you might only need to sit there for 15 20 minutes uh before your battery is nearly full and you can go off uh, you know for another couple hundred miles down the road so i think you're going to see a lot more of that matter of fact this last weekend i do a little bit of racing in my spare time so uh, we, we uh, had a race this last week, and I have a Subaru that I race. So we went from Greenville to uh, Road Atlanta, which is kind of a famous racetrack, obviously in Atlanta. And uh, a friend on the, on the team, one of our teammates, has just got his Ford Lightning, you know, so his electric F-150. And we towed our 28-foot enclosed race trailer to the track with his truck. And we had to make a stop at an Electrify America station in the Walmart parking lot. We sat there just long enough to eat a sandwich at the store. And that was all we needed to get there and back. So it's actually a pretty enjoyable trip. He broke it up by 20 minutes. I think we were there for 20 minutes or so. Uh, and it was, it was a pretty neat experience. Nice. That's awesome. How'd you do in the race? We did terrible, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst performance we've had yet. Uh, you know, this is like cheap. This is cheap racing. This is not anything sure. high dollar. So the engine that we just installed out of the junkyard is kind of a you know roll of the dice when you put a junkyard motor in. Sure enough, it was not good. So now <laughs> oh well, I love it. That's awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people learn more about you, and how can people engage with you? Well, I think the best thing is to just go to Proterra, Proterra.com. Um, you can uh, get a hold of me uh, right through there, uh, through our customer service, or sorry, customer success uh, page on there. And we're um, happy to talk more about buses. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Proterra.com. It's P-R-O-T-E-R-R-A. Dot com. Check out everything that they're working on. A lot of cool stuff on the site and lots of different vehicles that they are developing to move the future of public transportation forward. Thanks again, Mike. All right. Thanks, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.